jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! I like it at that, like, that tone. That frequency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. I gotta ease back into it. We took a week off, so I can't just, you know. Right. Oh, right. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. I don't really have anything to say. You're not, you're not excited for the, the next scream? <laughs> Is there another one? They're making another one! They said, okay... The Scream is a success. We're putting it on Paramount Plus, And now we're going to make a sixth one. And I'm still sitting there waiting, saying, when are we going to make Texas Chainsaw Massacre 27? Wow. <laughs> Which I did watch for a third time on the plane. And I love it. Wow. I got it out of my system with this third viewing. But, uh, I bet. <laughs> but, uh, man, man, oh, man, did I love it. Oh, well, good. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to feel joy. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, in in today's mask-free world, why not go towards the thing that, that provokes the feeling of happiness? Why not watch someone who puts on a mask and doesn't complain about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah! The mask is liberating for Leatherface. Mm-hmm. He's not screaming about tyranny. That's right. And he's from, like, deep, deep American South. So, you know, he's challenging our preconceptions. Maybe that's why people hated that movie so much. Because Leatherface is a SJW. <laughs> <laughs> Mask warrior. It's like SJW versus SJW. I don't know who to root for here. <laughs> we do have something to talk about today because today is um, another holy day. A holy, holy, a high holy day, holiday, in the the world of K-pop. <laughs> yeah. Which is the only pop that matters. Oh, uh-huh. What is it, Stacey? What's happening today? Well, today, uh, Solar of Mamamoo. Yeah, Mamamoo. Yeah, I'm going to keep talking about Mamamoo. She said it. I said it. Uh, I don't care if no one's listening. I will, old woman who yells at Cloud about Mama Moo. It, and rightfully so. Are they not the official girl group of Gaylords of Darkness? <laughs> they are. They're very, they're very proud, I'm sure. Anyway, Solar is releasing her first mini album today as you're listening to this. If you're listening uh. to it on the Wednesday that it comes out, the album comes out. So, as you know, we have to do an episode in honor of whichever Mama Moo member is releasing a solo, or if Mama Moo is releasing an album themselves. You might remember when we did Hashtag Alive earlier this year, and that was in commemoration and celebration of Moonbule's album release. That's right, or when we did The Red Shoes for Hwasa. Uh-huh. Starring Hwasa's favorite actor. That's right! So today... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You'd think that we were going to do a Korean movie. Which, okay, so it was, uh, was like arguably initially the plan. That was the plan. And I Anthony got back from uh, the place that shall not be mentioned. Paradise. <laughs> yeah, because... I'm jealous. Uh... I'm gonna take you there. I'm mark my words. We're gonna go. Aww. It's gonna be amazing, and we're going to be we're just gonna be laying in a volcanic crater full of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, so while Anthony was gone, I did start thinking to myself, "What movie are we gonna do?" Because we didn't decide before you left what movie to do for this. We decided we would do something in honor of Solar, but we didn't yeah. decide what movie. We just said, like, well, probably something Korean. And given that, I don't know if you saw this, Anthony, but this past week, Korea just held a presidential election. Uh, And it's real bad. Oh, no, really? It's real bad. Oh, no, I didn't know this. What happened? Um, The super conservative uh, nominee won. (gasps) by only 250,000 votes. So it was close. <gasps> so that's a sign of hope in a way. But he won. And But here's the thing is that he he ran on part of his platform was literally anti-feminism. Which Not, is such a huge movement right now, that backlash. Exactly. And so he didn't just like ignore feminism or not talk about it. He literally ran on an anti-feminism platform one of his campaign promises is to abolish the gender equality ministry. Oh my god! Um, he wants to focus on the family. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Um, yeah, because women women aren't part of that. Yeah, like feminism is basically the scapegoat for all of the ills in the country right now. Like, yeah, it's it's a witch. Yeah, yeah. Like men are feeling like wages are bad and housing prices are skyrocketing and all of that and women are getting the blame because now they have to have jobs. And never mind that Korea has the worst pay gap uh, <laughs> of, like, any country on the planet. Never mind that the like the glass ceiling, like, isn't a thing. All of this. Women are bearing the brunt of the blame for all of the economic ills, etc. <sighs> so this guy is, like, anti-labor. He's really anti-foreigners. Like, he wants to abolish health care protections for people who are there on a work visa, or whatever, um, you know, foreigners are a drain on the system. He's just playing into all of the old kind of prejudices. So he's he, he's straight up awful, ultra conservative. Is he also part of this like worldwide populist movement? Like, is he like a populist candidate too in Korea? That's just like I am for the people, and the people hate women. <laughs> like... Yes, yeah, he's literally the People's Party. Oh um, God. Why is that yeah. happening everywhere? So it's really scary, and I really feel for all of the queens that we love and for every fucking woman in the country because it's going to be a really bad five years. It's going to be really bad. That's terrible. So uh, in light of that, I thought, boy, this maybe would be a good week to do Lady Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, we, Yeah. <laughs> and so when Anthony came back I was like what movie should we do I said I think we should do Lady Vengeance or <laughs> The Conjuring and I said oh wow I've never heard of The Conjuring I haven't seen that one what's that one yeah and then I was like oh you think it's uh, some random Korean no 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 it's The Conjuring <laughs> The Conjuring I thought it was a Korean movie because never in a millennia 
would I have guessed that Stacy Jane Ponder would have requested or even posited The Conjuring as a film for this show? I know, but listen, everybody's probably wondering why. And you know why? Because Solar Mama Moo loves this movie. Yeah. And she is the premier Annabelle impersonatrix. She loves the Annabelle movies, but we've already done the Annabelle movies. And so what what could I do except also suggest The Conjuring? These, this is what I do for <laughs> my Mama Moo queens. <laughs> and then what I do is Stacy puts forth a horrific idea. I say, well, we could watch Lady Vengeance, which is a perfect film. Mm-hmm absolutely perfect if you haven't seen lady vengeance don't even listen to this episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah go watch it stop wasting your time and watch an amazing array of queens band together to take down (laughs) awful dude you see how it would have been perfect this week in light of the election oh it would have been perfect it would have made sense we did not go that route because i said well the conjuring that's gonna be funny (laughs) Yeah. It provoked my troll who imagined, well, the listeners are going to love to hear us shit on The Conjuring. And then I started The Conjuring and I said, I could have watched Lady Vengeance. (laughs) I I hadn't seen The Conjuring in, I saw it once, probably shortly after it was available on home video. Uh, I watched it and talked about it on Final Girl. I hadn't seen it since. We all know how I feel about The Conjuring universe. You'd love it. I love it. (laughs) You can't get enough of it. I wish I could. Like, I went into this. I was like, I'm going to set the scene. I, you know, had the lights off. And I was like, I'm going to get spooky scary, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I want, I because it would just be fun, because these movies come out approximately every 15 minutes, something in the fucking Conjuring universe comes out. So I'm like, what if I enjoyed them? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice to every 15 minutes be like, oh, another one. Yay. Well, even as a stupid joy, even as a as a Texas chainsaw, you could sit back and go, oh, yeah. Oh, not not in any like, oh, good. Another thought provoking masterpiece. No, it would just be like something fun to enjoy, you know? Yeah. And watching The Conjuring. <laughs> Are you saying it didn't happen? Well, I the spooky, scary stuff, <clears throat> the like stuff that happens in the house where you just think it's haunted or whatever, is pretty great. Like it's scary stuff. It's very well made. But though I cannot abide with these fucking fictional ass Warrens. I can't. Like I cannot. I'm getting heated. Oh, I'm thinking no. about it. The whole fucking god warrior angle and this stuff all really happened this is a true story i just get so incensed over it because it is just like these movies are just christian propaganda and we've i've seen i don't know how many possession movies etc etc that don't lean into the propaganda aspect the way the fucking conjuring does and if that's your thing cool it is not my thing that's very fair. Uh, it's it's real intense. It's real intense, and it's real. You're you're absolutely right that it it very much feels like propaganda. 
uh, my history with The Conjuring is that the first one came out, I loved it. I uh, when you, you get that opening Annabelle scene, and I'm like, well, that doll's stupid, and I, I probably won't spend the rest of my life obsessed with this. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was stupid, and then and then you get, but then you get the Warrenses. I see Vera Farmiga. We all know how I feel about Vera Farmiga. She I, looks great in this. That one frill collar that's popped in the back. Oh, incredible! Oh, those those like the Montgomery Ward by way of the Pilgrims <laughs> looks that she has are just stellar. The rosary wrapped around the hand, just stellar. Like. There's bits where I'm like, give me a found footage Warren's film where they're just, the, you know, that scene where they go down into the basement and you, you the camera moves and Lorraine's like bent over a column or whatever. <laughs> like, there's moments like that where I'm just, I live for it. But so historically when it came out and I, I you know, I see that opening title, the scrolling title card and it's, you know, that kind of 70s throwback. And I was, I was feeling that the film grain, I was feeling it. Uh, it was nice to see after coming from, cause this was also 2013, mind you, that is now nine years ago. Uh. I'm sorry I said it. I don't know how that has happened. I don't know how this movie is almost basically a decade old. It's disturbing, but it was coming out. This, we hadn't, we didn't have The Witch yet. We didn't have feminist horror yet. Right, yeah. We didn't have, uh, we were coming off of Dimension Extreme. It was so nice to see, like, a haunted house spooky scary throwback. I enjoyed, because I enjoy, even though I despise it, I enjoy Catholicism and the sort of pageantry and the, the mythic occultness around it. And so I enjoyed aspects of seeing these fictionalized Warrens back then. And I, I and as, as I got older and saw more of these films, I enjoyed the sort of a camp sensibility that I feel comes through in these characters. So I never, I never took them seriously. I enjoyed them as camp. And in the other sequels, by the time you get to the third one, like... Vera Farmiga, her turtleneck frills go all the way up to her ears. Like, she's so <laughs> modest. She's wrapped in a rosary, full body. And it's just so over. You get Patrick Wilson get grabbing an acoustic guitar and singing Love Me Tinder in the second one. It's oh, awful. No. It's awful. And it's just like, there's something about that that I, the troll in me enjoys. I've been rambling so long. I'm so sorry. Getting to this first one again last night. It was suddenly too much for me, and I couldn't deal with it. And I got mad. I felt I and I I was like, I'm not gonna let Stacy and Alex West cloud me because they are smart women that have good critiques of these characters in these films, and I'm not gonna let their opinion cloud me. <laughs> and I don't feel that I was swayed by either of you. And yet, watching it, it was just so. I think it was it was I became interested in not just these Warrens, but the entire saga of haunted houses and how it pertains to whiteness. And I I have a lot to say as we go on anyway. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of weirdness in this film. These movies have become it's fun to read comments on things that have to do with these movies, because there's something about them that when I worked at a bookstore a chain bookstore it's wild to go in the like amish romance section what yeah like there's religious romance books do you know what i mean what? And, oh, 
<laughs> like, it's a thing. It's a it's a demographic that I guess needs to be catered to. I don't know. Or people. Yeah. But that's there's something about these movies that feels like that to me because people and let's be real, it's straight people. Hashtag not all straight people. Straight Thank people you. Fucking love these fictional Warrens and think this love story is incredible. They think it's real life and it's like, oh, this couple has endured so much together. They are so strong and they have such a love bond and it's all a weird like hallmark horror amish romance novel to me yes yes (laughs) absolutely it's just wild and i think even if these movies were as much propaganda as they are i think i would feel marginally better about them if it was about Schmed and Borain. <laughs> I like, love Borain. <laughs> like if the, if the, if the Warrens weren't real people who were actual con artists, because people buy into all this shit, blah 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 blah. And it's like, how can you watch something like The Exorcist, like movies that have people with collars on, priests, yeah. and all of this, like. I've never seen any kind of exorcism movie, and they all have to do with religion. That doesn't propagandize like this movie does. And it just, like, it. I mean, all the way to the fucking end when that text comes on screen, and please allow me to read this because I had wrote it down because it, oh. made me, it made me so fucking mad. Please take us away. A quote from Ed Warren appears on the screen when all is said and done and the good Christians have saved the day. Diabolical forces are formidable. These forces are eternal, and they exist today. The fairy tale is true. The devil exists. God exists. And for us, as people, one's very destiny hinges upon which one we elect to follow. Wow. I don't need the proselytizing in my fucking haunted house movie. Yeah. I don't need it. Your movie should be strong enough... If that's your message, your movie should be strong enough to impart that message on its own. Yeah. The Exorcist is a movie about faith. But also the Exorcism the Exorcist is is a very agnostic film somehow, even though it's so deeply rooted in Catholicism and there is an evil satanic demon or who knows, just a, a spirit from a, a far off land that possesses a little girl after she uses a Ouija board. And then the God and belief prevails and saves her. But at the end, like, everyone's... I mean, look at the two differences in these endings. The the puritanical Montgomery Ward pilgrims who save the day. <laughs> the family steps out into the sunlight and bruises magically disappear off of Lily Taylor as the sunlight just dissolves them. When the fuck, when she's still all possessed out in the basement and the big sunbeam comes down as Lorraine is like, remember your place as a mother. Yes, become and, a mother again. And God's light shines on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because be, wasn't it wicked when she's down in the basement and she's just like beating the shit out of them? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. imagine, imagine the alternate ending where she kills them all. Yeah. <laughs> And she runs off into the night and it's Lily Taylor's paranormal activity. You know, like that would have been amazing. I did think that in a way that was like, 
as soon as I had the thought, I was like, ooh, that thought didn't come out right. But I was like, when she had the kid, I was like, it would be fucking wicked if she just, like, cut the kid's throat. Yes, yes. Like, I don't want to see a kid get their cut throat. But, you know, their throat cut. But it was like, it just, like, how bold that would have been but if she and and if it was in keeping with this witch of this film Bathsheba who was the evil spirit that these movies need of course her name is Bathsheba yeah because who has that name cool fucking witches and Kate Blanchett (laughs) in notes on a scandal (laughs) as a a reformed goth who was obsessed with Susie the Banshees dykes out with Judy Dench um like Bathsheba. What what the fuck? First, the movie says, oh, well, it's demons. Demons are in human spirits that have never walked the earth. But the this is not a demon. This is a witch who was a human woman who walked the earth. So are witches demons? Are they different? Nobody knows. Bathsheba, with, who has done all of, is responsible for all the bad things. Bathsheba was a woman that could not be contained. <laughs> and she... She shit, you know, she, her husband walked in and saw her sacrificing her child. And then she ran out to a tree, climbed up, proclaimed her love for Satan, cursed anyone who would take her land, and then hung herself. And I'm like, why are we not watching that movie (laughs) about that queen? (laughs) But so Lily Taylor gets infected with Bathsheba. Is suddenly, her family doesn't matter to her anymore. And then it takes this Christian woman with the rosary. To remind her to become a mother again and to save her. To step into the light. Meanwhile, in The Exorcist, the end of that film, the super somber ending where people are grieving the death of this priest that they loved. They're grieving, Reagan's grieving the loss of her innocence. She's still covered in those scars on her face. This is not the sweet little girl anymore. She She is a survivor. And it's just like the two differences there. In narrative and this idea of God conquering, God conquering otherness, God conquering the, the woman. fallen, the God conquering the fallen woman. Yes, because it's always a woman. Like the, the the men who are possessed in these movies, the like two of them that we actually see in all of the possession movies, uh, tend to be maybe the backstory that proves the ability of the exorcists. Yes. Like, in this one, we get, oh, here's the footage of a dude we were exercising. But the movies are always about a woman. And nine times out of ten, if she's of adult age or whatever, she turns on her family. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know something's wrong. Because that goes against her instincts as a woman, as a nurturing, loving woman who is there to caretake and reproduce. It, that was what came to mind with this movie Beyond the Door with Juliette Mills, which is, it's an exorcist rip, right? Like oh, I need I mean, to see it. Down to the pea green soup or whatever. But I'm like, this movie totally works as like a housewife being unhappy with her lot in life. And I'm not to yeah. say that like housewives, it's a bad lot in life or whatever, but it doesn't work for every woman. It's just like, I don't know, it's all the yellow wallpaper. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, yes, yellow wallpaper, shades of Jean Dielman. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like it's, and so it's just interesting to watch possession cinema and it's like, it's always a woman. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you throw in a very, very, very skilled actress like Lily Taylor and we get to see her, you know, her husband is always gone. And now she's at, stuck at home in a brand new house with five daughters and the furnace doesn't work. And 
having to maintain these day-to-day activities and then her world slowly collapses as as bruises manifest on her there's never a question about where the bruises came from like where the husband is very vindicated but it's just like there's so much there's so much interesting coding that i wonder how much of that just comes through in lily taylor's performance versus what was intended versus what i'm like what i really want to know what james wan really thinks about this and what he made like is he a christian I don't know. Why is Bathsheba played by a male actor? Why Thank you. He, why does he keep doing these things? And it's Joseph like, oh. Bashara plays Bathsheba. I saw that in the credits and I lost my mind because that's in every one of his movies. We just see his weird neuroses play out on the screen. Like he seems like so for all of the these bombastic carnival sideshow fun spook rides. <laughs> Whatever movies that he's making, it's like it's the same things playing out over and over and over, and they come off as they come off as really personal films. Mm-hmm. Like, like they just they have to be. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't know him. I have not researched James Wan at all. But it's like it feels like the messaging and the weird ticks and all of this are always the same. He's so. Here's what I know about James Wan. Um, he's hot. <laughs> he's- <laughs> <laughs> he's Australian, um, which makes him doubly hot. Uh, all of his films are concerned with possession or with the the loss of one's own of one's agency or control over yourself. Insidious, Insidious Two, he gets possessed. Um, in in all the Conjuring films, they get possessed. It's always about this demon inhabit. Even Dead Silence, it's about a ventriloquist that could take you over and turn your body into a ventriloquist dummy. I think, I guess you could even argue with Saw, they're stripped of their agency where they are forced to enact somebody else's will on their body if they want to live. I don't know what that's about. I, mean, I haven't seen Aquaman, so I can't speak to how Aquaman speaks to <laughs> fish possession. But I mean, but also the guy, I think, even though he's terrified of old women, he yeah. loves casting men as old women. Um, and making them hag-like. I think the only time he didn't do that was with Bonnie Aarons and The Nun. And, I mean, when you have an actor with, like, Bonnie Aarons, you you know, you have to cast her. I, I don't understand if he's Christian. I don't understand if, if he... I, I think he likes women. He cast Vera Farmiga. He cast Rose Byrne, Barbara Hershey, Lynn Shay, Amber Heard. I don't know how he could make The Conjuring and have all of this heavy-handed christian messaging that you wouldn't need in this movie they could just be demonologists and ghost hunters Mm -hmm. it's a fictional account of fucking fictional people like real people who live con artist lives so i think you could probably tone all of that way down this movie has so much proselytizing in it they are God has sent them here for a reason. God brought them together for a reason. Uh, the babies are God's gift. Like, it keeps coming up throughout this movie that yeah. I f- it feels like intentional messaging on the part of the filmmaker. Yeah, it's really strange. And, and I think also the, the assumptions the film makes, like Ed and Lorraine Warren, when they're investigating, I, I do love any time people investigate and they find the backstory, you know? I love that. But... They're investigating. They're finding the backstory. She's got rosaries wrapped around her fingers as she goes through the books and sees the maps and looks at the property owners. This, this movie is really interesting when you think about property and land and who owns land and how this is never 
we we go as far back as Salem, but we never address who actually the lamp belongs to. Um, she she was a we know that Bathsheba was an evil woman and a witch because she's a relative of a woman that was hanged at Salem. So one, we're assuming that all the women k- killed at Salem were actual witches. <laughs> Which that's a good look. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Lords of Salem where Rob Zombie says, "Oh no, the witches were killed, but then there were the real witches that were out in the woods that had their death metal band." One minute of research tells you what the witch trials were all about. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and just to blatantly be like, "All those women were witches, and they were hanged." And so their descendants are also witches because it's hered- it's like, you know, blue eyes or something. Like, it's hereditary to become a witch. <laughs> and the real problem, I mean, well, you can say that the problem is they didn't do a land acknowledgement when they moved into this house. <laughs> but to whomst should they give the land acknowledgement? Should they give one to Bathsheba? Or should they give one to the indigenous people that were there? Like, all the stewards so- of the land to Bathsheba, the to stewards- the indigenous people. <laughs> yeah. I said Bashaboth, yeah, curse anyone that takes your land, man. (laughs) (laughs) I can't deal with it. It's just, from the jump, the opening with the whole Annabelle thing. The whole Annabelle thing, she calls it. The whole Annabelle thing. Stacey Ponder, world's foremost expert on Annabelle. (laughs) Yeah, that whole Annabelle thing. But it's funny that, like, the Warrens are there to talk about Annabelle, and the girls who live there are like, oh, we think our doll is haunted. And they're, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, she's a demon conduit. It's like, how do you know? How what? do you? They just say this, and this is supposed to point to their legitimacy. Yeah, they listen to the story, and they immediately have all the answers. <laughs> the, oh, no, the Raggedy Ann doll is actually a conduit, and it's a demon. It's an inhuman spirit. Inhuman. It, the movie very firmly establishes inhuman spirits are the problem. There's not ghosts. It's inhuman spirits. They will possess you. And then they will kill you uh, because something to do with Satan. Something. Yeah. But then there's also witches, which are (laughs) living people. So are those witches possessed by demons? Are they beacons and conduits too? Can you create them even though you can't create Annabelle? Even though she was created? (laughs) Like what is it? Define your terms. Yeah, it's just a given that witches are real, I guess, in this universe, right? Well, Stacy, because this is all true. That's the thing you keep forgetting. Oh, right, right, right. Do you forget? And keep... Salem happened. So. Salem happened. Witches are real. Vampires aren't real. Werewolves are real. Um, I don't know if you've read the Demonologist, the book by the by the Warrens. I have not. Uh, I mean, it's it's just. I got it after I saw The Conjuring because I was like, I want to see more of these bullshit stories. I had I had only like read about them online and what frauds they were. I got the demonologist because I like to buy certain things as novelties. And so I had my novelty copy of the demonologist that I ended up just selling like weeks later. Cause I was like, this is, it's more, uh, more, um, just nuts than even the Amityville horror. Like in the Amityville horror, when Jay Anson writes about, um, what is it? Something, some like wild specter or apparition comes down the stairs and the whole family sees it. It's just so over the top. Yeah. Like, this would never, ever happen. This is not real. <laughs> but in the 70s, you know, you read that and you freak out and everyone believes it. Yep. But, 
the demonologist is just all of that. It's werewolves, and then the table flipped over, and the children were possessed, and it's and here's the photographs we have to prove it, even though you don't see anything in the photographs. <laughs> so you are forgetting that this is all real, and that right. the Warrens were real god warriors, and. I'll never forget when I saw Lorraine Warren doing prep, because Ed was dead when this movie came out, when Lorraine Warren was doing press for this film. I do have a soft spot for Lorraine Warren as an old woman, even though she was a terrible person. Uh, Lorraine Warren, they, they asked her, oh, so how accurate is this film to the actual events as they happen? And she just, she like puts her hand on her heart. And she goes, oh, wow. Oh, it's it's like he was there. Every single part of this happened exactly as you see it. Cut to the actual family, the parents, and they they went on record saying, no, the Warrens came, and then after they came, everything got worse, and then they left. <laughs> I didn't research the real story at all. I did see that. I did see uh, Lorraine's cameo in this movie. Oh, as a woman sitting in lecture? Woman in lecture, Who, yeah. who let them into that college? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You're not teaching at fucking colleges. You're not the only demonologist recognized by the Catholic Church that isn't a priest. None of this is real. You are two grifters. <laughs> and not even cool grifters like Michelle Yeoh <laughs> in Last Christmas. <laughs> well, that's what makes it so troubling is that this movie... Puts it out there that this has all actually happened. It's all 100% true to the point where, you know, people believe that Ed and Lorraine Warren went through all of this. And isn't their love story amazing that they could still be together after everything they endured? I You haven't seen the third one, thank God. That's the courtroom one? I wanted it to be the courtroom one where they say, Your Honor... I call upon witness Satan. Like, I wanted that so badly, but it didn't happen. Like, there's two scenes in a courthouse. They they presented it as a courtroom drama, and it was not. There's two scenes in the courthouse. Um, I will tell you, the opening sequence is spectacular because it's them doing an exorcism. People, like, in the first minute, I love how exorcisms have just gone so out of control in movies now. The first minute, people are flying everywhere, and there's crosses flying, and Lorraine is fully, like, just wrapped in rosaries, and everyone's freaking out, and it's just incredible. It's just just puking, and just, it's glorious. And then the movie becomes awful from there. Um, Mm. But the whole thing is about this man who, and it's a true, well, I mean, based on true events, am I right? Of course. But it was a true murder case where this man killed someone... And then went on trial, and the defense was that, oh, well, the devil made me do it. Hence the subtitle of the film, Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. The Warrens seek to prove that he truly was possessed and therefore not guilty because the real villain was the witch. Who, once again, there's a witch who is like the daughter of the judge or something. It doesn't make any sense. And there's a witch that's doing all the magic underneath in in a basement. And then they find her and they kill her. And then everything is better. And the man is still found guilty of murder because he killed someone. But the Warrens know that the true (laughs) killer was Satan. So they amplified, so they they really uh, did a lot of damage to this, the the American (laughs) Christian psyche in the 70s and the 80s. It's, you 
think back and it's like, how could that happen? And it's like, well, how did the witch trials happen? How does anything, how does QAnon happen? Hysteria. Hysteria is very real and people easily fall into it. Mass hysteria fueled by bigotry and prejudice. And people get out of control and then awful things happen. And people die or lives are ruined. Lives are ruined, people die, and then we disallow it from appearing in history books. Yes, 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 absolutely. And so that way it didn't really happen, or it wasn't as bad as we said it was, or you thought it was, uh, and then it can just happen again. And that can happen again, (laughs) 100%. If you watch, I've told you this a thousand times, um, but for listeners that don't know, there is a documentary called My Amityville Horror that because the Warrens also famously investigated yeah. Amityville after Amityville was done. Yep. They went and cashed in on it, just like they did with everything. Just like how they investigated the infield haunting in the second film. Um, no, they showed up for two seconds after. <laughs> like, so so the Amityville, in my Amityville horror, it follows the youngest Lutz child. And it's a tragic movie because it really seems very apparent that he is dealing with probably some kind of substance abuse definitely mental health issues and what his family his family creating the amityville hoax when he was so young he believed that it was real and so this guy is clearly extremely traumatized by the young memory of these stories and of the ghosts and of living in this house he goes to visit Lorraine Warren in the film, and I say I have a soft spot for her, because you see old Lorraine Warren. She lives alone. Chickens overrun her kitchen. She has she has um, baby pin gates in the kitchen so the chickens don't get out. And she hangs out with him, and she's very sweet with him, and he's one of, he's one of, um, she's one of his few friends, and she's been there for him his whole life. And I want to appreciate that, but at the same time, that woman is making his life so much worse by validating all of these stories and by confirming every, instead of saying, oh no, your father was abusive and your parents came up with this get rich quick scheme. And in the process, their, their lie traumatized you and your siblings. Instead of that, she just says, oh no, it's all real. Demons are real. I have chickens. Listen, I took forensic psychology. Anybody can be convinced of anything. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. And that's why I, eyewitness testimony is a big load of horse shit. It is. Yeah. It is. You want to have your mind blown? Talk to Stacy Ponder about, about the act of memory and what it means to create memories and to remember something and how that ties into eyewitness testimony. You can, you can purchase a video from her on Cameo and she'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, it just it, but it just it. It's like, oh, of course there was satanic panic, and yeah. when you have Ed and Lorraine Warren or Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as them or whatever, saying this is true, this actually happened, and over the end credits, we're going to see a picture of the real family, and yes, they're just standing in front of a house. But that's the house where the demon was. That's the house where the demon was because of that bitch Bathsheba. (laughs) (laughs) Who tried to turn the mom into a bitch. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, of course people are convinced it all happened. 
Didn't you see? He's the only non-ordained demonologist recognized by the Catholic Church. No, he isn't. And then at the end of the movie, he says God exists. So therefore, it is all true. Yep. That... Listen, they didn't have to go do that case for free and look at how it affected them. She, I mean, it took a big chunk out of her. It trauma, that demon followed them home and terrified Judy with Annabelle, no less. Their little girl, Judy, who, who now is grown up, married to a former carnival barker who runs the occult museum and does a Warren con, (laughs) which is the perfect name. Yeah, really. Uh, that, so obviously, look at how Lorraine, poor Lorraine Warren, fell through how many, like fifteen stories of walls in that two-story it house. Was fine. <laughs> it was fine. She was fine. But Had a very tasteful scrape on her forehead. Yeah, then went went down to the basement and hung out with a Juggalo corpse paint clown mom. <laughs> like she, you know what? She suffered, and she this, and yet her love for her husband and her child and her and her, go- her god, her god and her, her garments, yeah. <laughs> that was st- that stayed strong because this is the truth. Oh, this is the holy war. Okay, so what happens in this? <laughs> All right, <laughs> right. <laughs> A family moves in, they think their house is haunted, it's Bathsheba's fault, the wards show up, and everything's fine because of God and love. Yeah. Lily Taylor gets possessed. Lily Taylor's great. Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor, what is your. We asked this question. You asked this about Texas Chainsaw. What is Alice Creek's career? Mm hmm. What is Lily Taylor's career? Lily Taylor should have better than this. But she was great. She did a real good job being possessed. I like the part where she's super possessed. Like, her eyes look pretty cool. But yeah. her husband is like, are you okay? And she goes, Rah! <laughs> <laughs> So good. <laughs> so good. I love, um, I love pos- newly possessed Lily Taylor trying to, like, get out of a conversation with Vera Formiga in a bathroom doorway. Mm. And Vera can tell something's weird because she just heard screaming and Lily Taylor is acting very calm and aloof. And Lily's just like, oh, no, I, I just I, I just had some uh, some indigestion. <laughs> she, like, <laughs> won't make eye contact. But I love the idea of this, that she, in her mind as an actor, has to be inhabiting a witch who is trying to just act very nonchalant <laughs> and get out of this bathroom. Lily Taylor, what is your career? You deserve... So much more. She deserves so much more than Leatherface, Hemlock Grove, The Haunting. She is an incredible actor. She played my queen, Valerie Solanas. <laughs> and fucking slay doing it. She slays everything that she does. She's great in this. Joey King is in this. Little baby Christine. I think she's great. Um, I think it takes a good actor to really make you scared. And that scene where she's terrified of the the person and behind the door in the middle of the night is really scary because of her acting. Yeah, the scares are well done in this movie. Yeah, I like the score. I love, I, I love, something I love about James Wan films is his reliance on strings and like harps and stuff to make spooky, tingly sounds. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I 
out of all the new masters of horror, I would take James Wan over um, Flanagan any day. Never thought I'd hear you say that. I know, but he's a solid filmmaker. He's hot. Uh, and <laughs> he loves the color red. He has a camp sensibility that shows up. I still don't understand how he interfaces with that camp sensibility or why he uses it. Um, I'm like, is he gay? <laughs> is he gay? And he's obsessed with all this Christian shit because he's trying to fight the demon in his own body. Oh, I see. That's my hope, at least. And then, right. well, he's hot. So. Yeah, and then I put on my rosary and I go and I heal him. Oh, pop your collar. Yeah. Uh, so I want to jump back really fast to something that I have been really curious about because my mind was being blown as I watched this movie. So the film starts, the film, (laughs) set the scene, 1968, the Annabelle case. She's not a Raggedy Ann doll. But it's 1968. What happened in 1968? Hmm? Nothing. 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 There was no revolution. (laughs) There was no unrest. There was no Vietnam War. There was no Valerie Solana shooting Andy Warhol. It wasn't the crucial the key point in the the birth and the radicalization of of every civil rights movement black people um native people uh feminists uh it wasn't it wasn't you know the 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 stonewall wasn't just right on the horizon so what happens in 1968 while the entire rest of the world and the united states in particular are is having this radical rebirthing and baptism by fire while all that's happening the warrens are sitting with like a couple white people talking about a haunted raggedy ann doll and i'm thinking this is 1968 and this is what you're concerned with and then i start wondering Oh, look, now we're getting a haunted house story. We get the family, a working class family, a a good, you know, white family with a lot of kids moves into a house. They invest all their money in it. Um, A child immediately starts talking to another ghost child, which is what happens in every haunted house story. Then I find myself asking, are haunted house stories, are all of them just Amityville? Like since Amityville, are all of them just Amityville? Because honestly, was there a haunted, were there haunted houses as we know them like this today before that? Because there was there were gothic ghost stories, there was Turn of the Screw, there was all of that before there was the haunting, but all of those are gothic and they're about these giant manners and they aren't as like the working class suburban family, Poltergeist, The Conjuring, Amityville. They're all the same in the end. So I'm curious as that happened. That's the '70s. Then we get the 70s and the 80s going into Satanic Panic. I'm curious how much of this story of the American family being tormented in these haunted houses, how much of that is actually just a fear of traditional, the loss of traditional values and of the, the destruction or the, the deprimerization of the American nuclear family? Oh, sure. Because, because of other people suddenly getting a piece of the cake you can you can catch a whiff of ronald reagan on the air that's the thing when you look at when you look at the 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 silent majority and then the 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 religious right coming about and then reagan and satanic panic all of these things happening at the same time in just like as we saw this backlash trumpism and populism and all this backlash to to same-sex marriage to the election of a black president was this was 
all of that just a response to the civil rights movement and to 1968 in particular and how much were are these stories a white american myth that is a way to talk about that terror i just had never thought of that before and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> yeah it's your it's your nice suburban family that are doing what they're supposed to do having a bunch of kids moving into a nice home he's a truck driver she's a homemaker they're supposed to just, you know, be able to live their lives, but they're invaded by the dark forces. Mm-hmm. And the only way to overcome them and strengthen, re-strengthen the family unit is through God. Yeah. Make sure, yeah. Your, ros- make sure your rosaries are wrapped tight. <laughs> yep. And what, what are the villains? Demons, witches, a.k.a. uncontrollable women. Uh, uh, anything that is not of God. Any- and by of God, we mean catholic or protestant christian um, that demon and insidious all fagging out with his tiny tim and sewing machine (laughs) (laughs) the demon is queerness right i mean you even get that in malignant everything is an assault on the white christian family and then you look at the Warrens and the Warrens breaking down on their chalkboard at this sham college at, at Trump U. <laughs> the three steps of a demonic whatever. <laughs> Infestation, oppression, possession. And I say, hmm, why don't you turn that high-powered perception back at yourself? <laughs> Colonization! <laughs> right, well... Hmm... We're only just acknowledging that this was a thing, okay? Do you have a problem with the brave white pioneers, Anthony <laughs> Hudson? <laughs> okay. They shared corn. Uh, for you, it's maize. But I've seen the paintings of the Thanksgiving feast, okay? I know how it was. <laughs> It was friendly. And then we all enjoyed candied yams after. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just, it's so fascinating to me. The myths we tell ourselves, how they, I, I, I know we always bring these, this kind of, these kind of reads up on the show, but I just will never get over looking back at taking 10 years away from The Conjuring. God forbid. Yes. Yeah. that I watched this movie five hairlines ago. But taking 10 years and coming back to it and suddenly seeing this whole aspect to it that is so truly <laughs> insidious and that I never under never saw it for what it was before. And then that informs my whole evaluation of how I look at haunt the American haunted house story. It's just wild to me. Meanwhile, like so many of us, we don't see those until later because we let me we talked about this in the last episode. We don't we don't understand um, where we're at currently until we see it reflected back much later in media, I think, and we reevaluate it. And yet, at the same time, who in 1968 was like, oh, I'm going to make a movie about people freaking out because they can't deal with the disintegration of their class order? <laughs> Come through, George Romero, you real one. Yeah, every once in a while you get one that is of the times and you recognize it at the time suspiria yeah. 2018 is another one absolutely that doesn't need the benefit of hindsight in my opinion <laughs> no to be effective and to say what it has to say no i mean where it was it was prescient 
because that movie was made before it really took hold here. So I, I still, I don't know. I, there is a part of me that still loves the over-the-top camp aesthetic of the idea of these film Warrens. They're awful. Ten years later, though, I just, I can't sit back and just enjoy the funhouse of this movie like I used to. And that's interesting. That's interesting. It's interesting and it's fair. And I also think if we weren't in another age that feels where the hardcore Christian right is out of fucking control and look at our governments and look what's happening all over the entire world and the way things are going. And when you have a movie like this that feeds into that narrative. Yes. It's like, well, how can you just turn it off? Like, that's what people say. Like, oh, I just want to go to the watch a horror movie and have a good time. And that's great. And I get that. But it's like, right now, how can I be on board with this? When yes. It feels like it's part of the problem. Versus me sitting down in a movie theater in 2013 and being excited by, like, a throwback to, uh, and, and, a, and a form of um, how I read camp, a camp presentation of Christianity that I, di- I distilled and took on and enjoyed as a fantasy. Yeah, when you realize it's not a fantasy. <laughs> and it's not a fantasy. But watching yeah. that, and it's easier to fall into the fantasy and to feel the fantasy when Barack Obama's president. Exactly. Not that he was perfect, but we had a black president. We had gay marriage on the horizon. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were really starting to... It felt like, especially after those eight years of Bush... It felt like we were going back to the somewhat progress and the somewhat peace of the Clinton era that I grew up with. And instead, people lost their fucking minds. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, gay marriage and Barack Obama are the cause, I mean, you know what I mean when I say that, of so much of the bullshit we're dealing with now. It's just like, I didn't think that people would lose their minds quite. I didn't think that that demographic was as, I guess, fragile and awful as it turned out to be. Oh, well, things were like... Things were well hidden. Oh, absolutely. You know? We had... That's the hardest thing to understand, is that the sheer upfrontness, the sheer um, shamelessness had not been exposed to this level ever before. Trump didn't create this... Uh, since this sensation you know what i mean he just exploited what was already there that's the thing but people were very good at hiding it yeah trump was also classically apolitical and and actually uh fairly liberal he was a registered (laughs) democrat yeah Yeah. and then he found a way to manipulate people and to make himself president because he felt lonely and had no friends Mm -hmm. history is a mind fuck it really is honestly like don't I now understand. Don't read it. Don't pay attention to it. Don't record it. Because (laughs) if you do, you just say, but it's so obvious. The blueprint, right? Look at the, I'm Vera Formiga with my maps and my blueprints. And I can point out exactly what happened when and why. (laughs) But the fact that we won't look at these facts and just say, oh, I'm sorry, Lucy Lawless. All this has happened before and all this will happen again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My God, people. So maybe this was a good movie to talk about. We could have had a cathartic cadre of queens taking down the system, getting out of jail and banding together. God, you all need to watch Lady Vengeance if you haven't. It's perfect. 
it's a stand up and cheer film. But yeah, we could have had that. But you know, I actually I am glad to have taken this moment to reevaluate because I did learn something. And I'm shocked that The Conjuring provoked a moment of learning. <laughs> That's the power of Mama Moo. Right. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Everybody listen <Yes>. to Solar. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, it's out today. It's out today. So even if it, it might be bad, it's not going to be bad. But, oh, you shut know. your face. It's not going to be bad. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. I'm sorry. We haven't heard it yet because we're in the time machine. Yeah. But there is a song called Big Booty that yeah. she wrote herself and I can't fucking wait. I'm going to take I'm going to step back I'm going to I'm going to leave 2013 Anthony in the past and I'm going to say you keep your Lorraine Warrens. You can still dress up as Carla as her with the rosary, but you you step you keep your Lorraine Warrens. She led to Sarah Palin and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And you just hang out here in in 2022 with solar yeah. dressed as annabelle listening to big booty and <laughs> and figure out how you are going to help amass your cadre of queens to stand up to the ills facing us today and we're gonna do that by placing our heads on the chopping block <laughs> is is that is that something you want to do you ready oh i'm super ready super super ready after a week off are you kidding my brain is in the top shape i believe you (laughs) (laughs) jason jason um jason was like i need a listener to tell me what to go in and do the detective work because listeners are so good at finding stuff on our show and we're not because everything happens on every episode and we have no idea what ever happened ever but jason was like i need someone to go in and tell me where the phantom of the opera sequence was (laughs) (laughs) he was like that was my single favorite moment in the history of the show and i have no idea what episode Uh... that was (laughs) that was a it was a chopping block right it must have been why did it happen (laughs) (laughs) was it your skin disease one and you said phantom of the opera oh i did have a skin disease category but we don't know when our categories were oh yeah no hmm well well the chopping block get chopped (laughs) are you are you chop chop Uh, the chopping block is our question and answer game here on Gay Lords of Darkness. We present each other with three categories. We choose one category of horror movie trivia. We are asked five questions and we have 10 seconds to answer each question. Unless one of us calls out, I want the wig! In which case, Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2 descends upon your head and confuses our non-binary executioner, the heads they... And you get an additional 10 seconds to answer that question. If you get anything wrong, you're done. You're dead. If you get everything right, well done. You are, uh, 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 you're something. Wow. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I have no idea who goes first. I should know this because I listened to our most recent episode on the plane. During some turbulence, I got a little distressed, and I was like, I, I need to hear Stacy to calm down. <laughs> so, I, so I put on the chopping block, and it did help me because it was very funny. Oh, and I think you said 
you would ask first and I answered first, which means I would ask you first okay. and you would answer first today. Look at you. Is that the case? Not Is that sure. how it works? Good works for me. Okay. Okay. So you have two new categories and one returning category. Surprise, surprise. Your returning category today is which which is which once more. Mm -hmm. So this is a, there was a a previous version of this. There are questions all about witches in horror films. You have to either name the witch or the movie about the witch. Your two new categories. Your new category number one is Grifters Inc. And this is all about horror movies and characters based on Ed and Lorraine Warren that are not from the Conjuring universe films. Mm-hmm. And then your new, your other new category is, I only had a few minutes, and this is tangentially related to the movie, in which you have to name a single actor from these Conjuring universe films. Oh, wow. Other than Vera Formiga and Patrick Wilson. Oh, dear. So me. I give you a movie in the Conjuring universe, you tell me who's in it that isn't. Vera or Patrick. Just tell me one person. Okay. So, your categories are which which is which once more, Grifters Inc., all about those Warrens, or I only had a few minutes and this is tangentially related to the movie. I guess I guess I'll do that last one even though I don't feel confident at all cuz I've only seen like a couple of these movies. Are you I sure? I don't know anybody's names, but you know what? I'm feeling bold in honor of Solar. I will feel bold. And, uh, like, I want to try new things. She's always trying new things, so. Look at her. She is encouraging us to step outside our daily experience. Right. While in a fantastically silly costume. Mm-hmm. Okay. I only had a few minutes, and this is tangentially related to the movie. So you just name a single actor from any of these films that I name you. I give you the name of the film, you tell me the actor. That's it. Okay. I know, but I've seen... Okay. Okay. No excuses. Jeans. <laughs> Is what I'm wearing today, Betty, in my mind. Here we go. <laughs> oh, the jeans are in your mind because yeah, you're new. they're my mind jeans. <laughs> All right, okay. Question one or movie one. <clears throat> Annabelle. Oh, uh, Alfred Woodard. Thank you. Ding, 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 ding. Whew. Nobody knows how she got in that piece of shit. Nope. Money, <laughs> money, money. <laughs> why she sacrificed what once again we talk about the threat to the white family and the black woman sacrifices I'm herself telling you. jesus christ okay uh movie number two the nun oh fuck me taisa farmiga ding 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 <gasps> it was it's the farmiga family picture show yeah they're also Ukrainian. The so only one. There's a man. There's a man in that <laughs> movie. Really? Yeah, I can't remember his name, but <laughs> I know there's one. Oh, oh, oh! It's um Damien Bichir Bichir Bichir. Oh well, I've never. Damien Bichir Damien. But you could have also said Bonnie Aarons, who's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> movie three. Annabelle creation. That's the second one. Oh, oh, um, uh, oh, fuck! No, her name has left my mind! You have a wig. I, 
okay, I want the wig. Um, um, I can picture her. I am, I am no man. <laughs> What's her name? Eowyn. You're dead. <laughs> What's her name? Oh, I cannot. Oh my god. Her name I... is Eowyn in Lord of the Rings. You got her elf name. <laughs> I know. She's not an elf. Oh my god, my brain. It just was like, I'm not going to bring that info back. I was like, well, this one, I'm like, Stacy's, obviously this is the one that Stacy will get, so I almost put it first. <laughs> What's her name? I cannot remember. Her name is I Am No Man. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you? I'm totally blanking. I can Miranda picture Miranda Otto. God fucking damn it. Miranda Otto. Stupid brain. My, my jeans are on too tight. My mind jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, you did name. You know who I knew who she was. But... AON. You knew exactly who she was. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. We oh. would have also accepted Anthony, Anthony LaPaglia. Anthony LaPaglia. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. <laughs> For some reason, was in that movie also. <laughs> Well, sometimes the mind does that to you. It's like, you know this, but I'm not going to tell you. Oh, every single time I'm ever on the chopping block. (laughs) Jennifer Tilly? What? (laughs) What's her name? (laughs) My favorite actor? (sighs) All right, well, I'm dead. But my ghost is back to introduce you to your three new categories. Oh, wow. Well, I hope it's a ghost and not an inhuman spirit. <laughs> That's right. It's a ghost. I'm a ghost. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three brand new categories for you today, and I think you're going to have a hard time deciding. Oh, wow. Not to pop my own ruffled collar too much. <laughs> Your, <laughs> your Montgomery Ward Shakespeare clown collar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Category one, Negahama hip. <gasps> which, of course, means if I do it, it's hip. This oh. category, in each uh, question place, I will give you the name of three Mama Moo songs. <gasps> you tell me the movie that I'm describing with those three titles. Shut up! This took me a long time to do. All right. Category two, 575. Uh, I have written haikus about horror movies. I read you the haiku, you tell me the name of the movie. And category three, so do I see though. Oh no! This category is all about horror movies that take place during the day. I give you my thoughts. You tell me the name of the movie. <laughs> oh. So, Negahama Hip, 575, and Solar Cido. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm speechless. These are so good. You put in so much work. I went all out today. Your love for Mama Moo knows no bounds. That's right. You are a true Moo Moo, uh, <laughs> cosmopolitan Moo Moo ultimate elite. Um, I will point out that I am 
mildly offended that remember dot 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 did I, not come back. I know. Well, I thought I wanted to go Mama Moo centric. That's even that's though exactly the haikus it. have nothing to do with Mama Moo. But I got so distracted, and I was like, I know I promised remember dot 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 when, but I was like, but they're gonna pick remember when if I put it in there. And exactly. So I'm, I'm I'm playing producer here, and I'm nudging you. Towards oh. one of these three categories. Really, Lisa Barlow? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I, am actually very happy you did this because you have to pay tribute to our queens today. And what better way to do it than on a horror podcast with trivia categories? <laughs> um, and I, honestly, I was dreading it because I was like, as I was hearing these categories, I was like, I can't pick remember dot 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 because I have to go for one of these first two. So remember, dot 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 still needs to show up. It'll I'm come back to next it. week. It'll come back next week. Okay, and I will not. That'll be the only category I bother to make because I know you can pick it. So thank you. That's my, smart. I'll save myself some work next week. So that said, how can I not Nigahama hip 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 hip? Please. All right. Oh, I'm so excited. This is so good. Wait. So what? You tell me the three songs. I give you the titles of three different Mamamoo songs. That all hint at a horror movie. If you put the three clues together, you should be able to figure out what horror movie. Okay, one quick question. Within within the titles themselves or within the content of those songs? The titles. Okay, okay, thank God. Okay, sweet. Yeah, just the titles. Okay. Oh, this is great. Oh, I can't wait. And also, just a side note for everybody, if you've never heard the song Hip by Mama Moo, do yourself a favor. Okay. It's, it is, Stacy was at me for months, <laughs> for months, and she's like, oh, look at Hwasa, she has hair, don't you like women with hair and nails? And I was like, I do, but why are you trying so hard? And then, and then... She's like, oh, there's drag queens in this music video. But then sent me the music video. I sat down and I said, fine. And then it took hold. I'm telling you. It took hold and I have not looked back. I love Mama Moo and it all started with hips. So check it out. It's so good. There you go. Brighten your day. It'll brighten your day. Scientifically yeah. proven. Absolutely. It's more true than Ed and Lorraine Warren's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three song titles. They're all hinting at a movie. Listen to these title names, Anthony. You can do this. Oh my god. You have a wig. Here we go. Movie number one. Sleep in the car. Hello, Mama. Waggy. <laughs> oh! 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 Cujo! Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Oh, shit! Oh my god! This is fun! <laughs> Hey. Oh, sorry, it's like candy. <laughs> Movie number two. In my dreams, Rude Boy, Sleep Talk. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, ding, ding, ding! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. Movie number three, you're doing great. Look at this. Number three, Lunatic. Snow and Azegagu, which roughly translates to dad jokes. The Shining. Yo, yeah, okay, ding, ding, ding. Oh, gonna... sorry. Fuck, <laughs> 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 okay, hey, you got it, okay. Well, good job, okay. I love this. Oh my god, this is so fun. 
Number four. Oh, God. I'm your fan. Decalcomani. And freaking shoes. I want the wig. Do you know what that means? No, I don't know what that means. Okay, all right, we're gonna time out then. Decalcomani basically means uh, when you and another person take pains to look alike. Single white female. Yeah, ding ding ding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never looked it up. I always, I never knew what that word meant or how to pronounce it or um, anything, but I love that song. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> oh, song. I'm an American. Well, no, decalcomania is actually, I think, an English term. And it's like, it's like it sticker trans. It's like sticker transfers when you like, so you're creating a facsimile of an image through like oh, a like sticker transfer. Like a decal. Decalcomy. Yeah. And so... In Korea, it has just become like a cute way of like, oh, a couple that starts to look alike. Oh, twinning. Twinning. There you go. Oh, wow. All right. Number five. This is so exciting. Oh, my God. I think you can get this. I think you can get this. You've got to really put on your thinking. Oh, no, I used my wig. You used your wig. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Girl crush. I do me, I miss you. Suspiria? No! Perhaps if I give you the title of a fourth song, it will help. The fourth song is High Tension. <laughs> <laughs> she masturbates oh yeah i was thinking i was thinking like oh agency i am she oh and girl crush and i miss you so i was thinking of sarah and Susie. that would that's also would be that makes sense i was thinking of the pervy thing for i do me see i should have i should have known your dirty brains daisy i know i love a double entendre That's so good, though. You got, like, all of them, basically. Except for the one where I Except did and I died. You died. Yeah, you died. But <laughs> you died with a smile on your face. I know that the heads they had a big smile on their face when they, you know, Aww. chopped your head off. Oh, yeah, that always makes them happy. Yeah. Good I, job. Thank you. Great category. That's a... <sighs> I mean, that's not even taking into account the fucking haikus you wrote <laughs> well the haikus are not the exactly top shelf still you did a lot of work and that's a wicked ass category that is so good i'm like when i have to exploit this mama move for the chopping block i have to do it so oh i love those i love it's so i'm like beaming it's so satisfying the puzzle pieces right <laughs> and you did it in 10 seconds very impressive wow very impressive well done. Well done. Yeah. That was fun. That was a good one. See, when when Mama Moo smiles down upon us, I mean, how can you not smile back? Exactly. Thank you. Ugh, queens. 
go listen to a Solar's new record. See, I'm like I'm saying this in the in right now, but yeah, like when, they, when they're that. listening, yeah, 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 you're, 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 I see. Oh, so you're you're warning. I'm warning. It's this <laughs> is this is the magic behind the carton. Okay. You're making your own reality, no matter how dishonest or wrong. <laughs> That's right. Because, uh, you know, Mama Moo's light shines upon me. So It's uh, so beautiful. I don't know. We're on the interweb. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> uh, com has all of our social medias, past episodes, all of that stuff. Um, and there you go, right? Yeah, and we're back. We're, we're back. back. We, have, we have no breaks slated for now, so, um, get used to it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was... Ooh, so yeah! See, I'm commanding now. I came back... Breath. I came back from Hawaii, and now I'm, like, a new me. So I'm like, yeah, get used to it. Okay, White Lotus. Or something. Thank you. I'm I'm Tanya McQuad, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Crying, looking for my bag of ashes. Okay, uh, bye. Oh. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god. god! Tune in next!